My name is Russ Shaw, and you are listening to the Attitudes of Sexual Integrity podcast. Buckle up. Here we go. Season 5, Episode 2. This is the re-kickoff episode. Getting in touch with your wild side, right? I'm a wild one. What if that's not such a bad thing? What if this attitude, this energy that we have, this compulsiveness could be harnessed and turned into creativity? That's one of the questions Season 5 is going to ask. I'm going to tell a story about a bear to illustrate this an emotional word picture but first let's kick this thing off with a little Johnny Cash via Seattle you wired me awake and hit me with a hand of broken nail you tied my lead and pulled my chain to watch my blood begin to boil but I'm gonna break I'm gonna break my, gonna break my rusty cage and run. I'm gonna break, I'm gonna break my, gonna break my rusty cage and run. Yes, break the rusty cage. That is the kickoff music for season five. Doing things a little differently this season. I hope you can appreciate that. Uh, It's going to be a little different. One thing I want to say, this is not digital therapy, all right? I am not your counselor, priest, prophet, um, nothing like that, all right? So just so you know, this is sort of like infotainment, this podcast here. Um, if you're looking to overcome serious levels of compulsive, negative, unwanted sexual behavior, this is the podcast for you, all right? But again, I'm not a professional. I consider myself a professional non-professional. And um, there's a website for this here podcast you're listening to. It's ASI247.org in the classic area of the podcast. So I'm trying to revamp the website, which is difficult because I have no money. Right? So my my web design skills, you can consider those vintage. Um, So I'm doing the best with what I got. Uh, there's a, there's a place to donate on the website, also to become a co-producer, and I'll explain a little bit of that later. I'm not going to go into it too much. I hate asking for money, but it does cost money to keep this thing going. Um, the, the the music page, every season of the podcast up until now has had its own website, right? The music page I call it of the ASI website, where I play the. You know, I, I list the bumper promos that I play, and you can actually buy those. There's links to, you know, Amazon, Google Play, iTunes, uh, in some cases. The, I also have links to the vinyl, where you can actually go on, click on those links, and buy the vinyl albums 
to the music I play. Um, and, and you'll notice that I don't play just Christian music. I play some Christian music. I am a Christian, but this is not a Christian show, all right? I'll just say that. I'll throw that out there. That may be controversial, but I, I'm not here to preach to the choir. I never have been. I don't want to shove the Jesus pill down your throat. I hate that stuff. Um, this show is for people that are looking to overcome, again, compulsive, unwanted, stubborn, uh, sexual behavior. That, that's what I talk about. And listen, doing the podcast over the years, I've learned that there's many different levels to this, right? Like, there's folks who are listening that are just totally, uh, you know, like myself at one point. I mean, it was deeper, darker than pornography, although that is another, you know, that's just that sticky, habitual, I said I wasn't going to do this again, here I am doing it again, um, it got for me to the point where I was seeing prostitutes and a feeling really horrible about my behavior, um, out of control, borderline suicidal. That's, that's where I got with this thing, all right? And that's my passion for doing it today, is that there's people with the sound of my voice that feel like that. If you felt like that, I've been there. I've been there. I've, it's like, ah, why did I do that again? And you're just, I was just grabbing my steering wheel in my car, literally beating my head against the steering wheel, going, what is wrong with me? And maybe some of you, you're not at that place, but you are in this place where it's just annoying, right? It's like this thing, I don't, it's just, why do I do it? Like, you know, you feel like, I know that this industry is horrible. I know that it's it churns out, you know, people that, anyway, you, you get what I'm saying. You, you just feel like this is not something I'd like to continue doing in my life, but I do, and I feel conflicted. Or, as one listener wrote in recently and said, I feel double-minded about that. Um, I'm here for you too, all right? And I'm glad you're listening. I, I have a metaphor, an emotional word picture. I wanted to unpack a little bit of that, why I use metaphor so much, and, and some folks who may be more linear thinkers, like just give me some kind of a formula, and I'll stick to that plan, and that will work. Um, the thing about this is, is there's an emotional component, there's, dare I say, a spiritual component, right, to this, that it takes telling a story sometimes to have you feel something rather than just um, telling you, giving you some steps because, you know, the steps don't work long term. I've learned that myself in my own story. I've seen it over and over again in other people's stories. Yes, I could give you a formula and if you stick to this, you know, go 90 days, that's one of them, right? If you can go 90 days, that's a habit breaker. It is something that's easier to do. Once you've taken 90 days away from pornography, 
there can be a, like, I just took a deep breath there, right? Like, you know, there seems to break some of that behavioral thing going on. But, and there's a big but here, um, for most of you, it's going to take getting into some emotional triggers, uh, some roots that, you know, like a tap root that goes into a place that keeps pulling up these different emotions that has you returning to a very familiar uh, comfort relationship that you have with pornography or sexual addiction. Um, a big part of the show is severing that relationship. And it is a relationship. Much like a relationship that some of you guys or gals who are listening, you may have had a horrible relationship with a person who was toxic and who treated you badly and you felt like, ah, this person, man, I need to get out of this relationship. Or you were abused by that person either physically or emotionally and you've had to sever that relationship with a you know, whether it be a boyfriend, girlfriend, or even a friend friend, right? Those relationships can be toxic with other people and I'm telling you that much like that this relationship with pornography is something that you may need to say goodbye to alright? So my point is if you have felt like an outcast, if you have felt like, just like giving up, like I'm just, you know what, I'm just going to do this and not feel bad about it, my friend Seth Taylor has a story about that, I'll I'll have him share that uh, on a future podcast, he's going to be on the podcast again, because the audio in the last episode was so horrible, but uh, anyway, I'll have him share that story. But if you felt like that, if you felt like just like giving up, like, uh, you know, tainted, like you're just never going to see some real change, I felt like that, I know people have felt like that, my friend Seth has felt like that, and there is hope, there is change, people do change, right, don't buy the lie that, oh, people don't change, it's not true, if people didn't change, I'd be dead or in jail. Alright? My story goes beyond some of the pornography stuff. The pornography thing was the stickiest, and I learned the most from that addiction. Um, But for me, it was... I'll get into that soon, but uh, another another one, another bumper here from the band 6AM from their latest album. Uh, I love this song. Uh, This is from the... uh, Prayers for the Damned album, but this song is is part of why I do this podcast, this little bumper I'm going to play right here. Uh, Also, Spotify, there is a Spotify playlist for this podcast too. If you search for ASI Season 3, I believe it is, I've just been adding to that playlist for a long time, so yes, there's a Spotify playlist as well. Sometimes you've got to believe in something Cause you're not the only one Standing there losing blood You have come to the right place If you're the last one 
of the podcast. Um, I'm excited about this season. Something I want you to remember, keep in mind. This will be your key code. Maybe. I don't know. It would be your uh, your password. Your whatever. Um, G2 P, the number 4 E. Alright? Can you remember that? What was that? Can you repeat that, Russ? Write this down. Um, G, the number 2 P the number 4 and E. Alright? What does that mean? Goodbye to porn forever. All right? That little acronym is going to drive this next season. Going to have a lot of guests. Um, I have a new sort of format, the way that I'm interviewing guests, and going to contain it, try and keep it in a, a tighter uh, feel, all right, getting to the point quicker and learning who these people are faster, all right, because I'm not interested in being a book salesman, right, I'm interested in people and people that write books about uh, overcoming and addressing addictions, not just sexual addiction or sexual compulsive behavior to appease all of the, uh, uh, the dictionary, right, the definition police out there. Um, <laughs> but I'm really excited about some of the folks that I, I get to um, have on the show in the next season. Because, listen, G2P4E is why you're listening. I'm, ho- I'm hoping, I'm guessing that that's why you have downloaded this podcast and why you're tuning in. Either that or someone you love is struggling with this and you're trying to glean some kind of wisdom, some kind of understanding, a way to understand why they struggle the way they do. Uh, and I get that too. And, I, and I've answered a lot of emails in that regard of well, I, I, as well. I, I've answered emails, hundreds of them over the years, and it's given me e- even more of a passion to finish this last season of the podcast. And I'm not sure how long it's going to go, all right? Could it be a year? Could it be six months? Could it be five years? I, I don't know. I'm going to keep talking to people until some people really start to see some freedom because right now... Um, it's it's worse. It's getting worse. Um, pornography addiction, high-speed internet, compulsive sexual behavior due to, you know, uh, uh, images being broadcast at high speeds. Whatever you want to call it, um, there needs to be more freedom. There needs to be more hope and help out there. Um, this is not digital counseling. I am not a therapist. I'm not a counselor. I'm not a pastor, prophet, or priest. Right? Uh, I am a guy who has been through this, who has suffered through this, and has had uh, going on 11 years now of good, consistent sexual sobriety, to use those words. Um, it got really bad for me. Let me tell you my story quickly for those of you who who don't know me, um, at the age of 14, I started smoking weed, uh, drinking, maybe even earlier than that. Uh, I started drinking hard alcohol at 14, and by 15, I was probably a full-blown alcoholic, 
at the age of 16, I started getting into trouble. Um, I broke into my ex-stepfather's, broke into his house with my friends, stole all his booze. I drank a half gallon of Bacardi rum at 16 years old. I was maybe 100 pounds soaking wet at that time. Um, I died for two minutes of an alcohol overdose. Uh, EMPs brought me back. I did not meet Jesus. I don't remember seeing any white lights at the end of any tunnels. All right, I was pretty much unconscious through that most of that day. Uh, I, memory, right, was gone. Um, you fast forward a few years. I, I got into some harder drugs. I was into cocaine and then crack cocaine, which is freebasing back then. This was the the 80s. You know, late '80s, and and I started uh, met some folks who who made and distributed methamphetamine. Um, I was pretty much addicted to amphetamines at, at about 18, 17, 18 into 19, uh, smoking pot through this whole season. Met my wife at 19, and she met me at a time where I was starting to get cleaned up from the stuff. I, I wrecked my car. I went through my own sort of personal rehab being locked away in this, this trailer home, like single wide trailer home on a lake, Sam Lake here in Washington state. I went through like a, a, a detox period that almost killed me. I had no idea why I was so sick, but it was, it was the addiction. I learned about physical addiction. That's what I went through. Um, I, I, so went to a church. I started getting into the Bible, and and I, I, this is the, this show is done from a Christian perspective. But I'm not Mr. Right. Shove the Jesus pill down your throat. I'm not the guy who's. I'm not a religious guy. I'll just say that right out front. I, I, at this point in my life, I would consider myself more of a Christian mystic, um, a spiritual anarchist so to speak. I do love Jesus. I see Jesus as as more of a spiritual anarchist than a, a you know, a religious figure. Um, that's complicated, but I, if you want to ask questions before you shut me off, all right, there's, there's a process to this, and um, there was a quote by a great theologian that said, love God and do what you want. There's a certain rhythm, there's a certain um, when the law, right, there's a certain way of living this fruit of the spirit, as it's called, that there's, you don't have to push the law onto it because your life just unfolds in a, in a, in a sort of rhythm, in a harmony that's different than trying to constantly control yourself with outside rules and disciplines, right? This is what I'm speaking of when I when I talk about spiritual anarchy. All right, so I'm not I'm not like the Sex Pistols, Sid Vicious anarchy. This is different. All right, it's a peace that surpasses understanding. These are words from the Bible. Um, but listen, hey, it stopped raining. What I'm really trying to say is that. Um, I'm not going to reduce your worldview and project my own, right? Like, there's something to that. There's something to this kind of feeling like a guru sort of thing that feels uncomfortable because I'm not. And 
I know guru means teacher, right? Is, is that what's going on here? Basically, what's going on is I, I'm telling my story, and people want to know because I've overcome a number of addictions. But beyond the addictions was this feeling, this attitude of I am chaos. You know, I went from, so I had this pride at being a Christian because I overcame the, you know, the drunkenness and the methamphetamine and the cocaine and the crack, right? Um, because of those things were no longer a part of my life, I'd quit smoking pot for, right? And I felt this sense of pride, like I picked the right God, you know, like that's that's why I'm clean today. That's why I'm free today. I, I'm the one that picked the right God. And it's sort of this egotistical pride that I have. And that's really what I want you to understand when I say that. Um, whether you're Christian or not, all right? Two of the greatest emails I get are when people say, me too. And when people say, if you can do this, Russ, I can too, you know? Because that pride that I had, that, that, that I felt like I was trouble, and, and that led to some real self-destructive. Like, I was told so much that I was trouble when I was a kid that I started to believe it, right? That I'm chaos. Like, that's part of the reason I'm not an agnostic or an atheist. Um, if I was, I would just... Uh, at the point in my life that I believed that I was trouble, I was content to light the world on fire. And maybe part of it was that when I was younger, I did have these illusions of believing in hell that God was, you know, accountable to God. That at one time there's going to be judgment and I'm going to give an account for my life. So that did have a certain amount of fear in me until I heard a pastor who said that, you know, some people are in and some people are out. And maybe there's a reason why I'm not getting clean, so to speak, right? Or I'm not as holy as the other guys is because I was never predestined in the first place, right? I mean, that was one of those dark aha moments. So my point is that my first heavy behavior-altering, deconstruct-reconstruct um, attitude, foundational attitude, was the fact that I was saying yes to not just a God that was bigger than me or a higher power that was bigger than me, but that I was saying yes to the God who is love that wants good for me, Russ Shaw, that actually loves me, okay? That maybe life wasn't meaningless, that there was a creator that loved me, and that I would be accountable to, you know. Um, but it was it was a loving energy, and it was it was faith. And maybe faith is simply the things that you say yes to. If you think about that, like I was saying yes to the fact that maybe there there isn't just meaninglessness out there, right? Like this existential life is a long walk off a short pier. I just want to make the pier shorter. That was my attitude. And it was freeing, man. I, I wanted that, right? I want to die young. Like I'm going to live my life like a bottle rocket. That was my attitude. Just bang. I don't want to get old. Getting old sucks. 
and I, and I really was looking forward to dying young. And now going from that extreme to having this real, you know, I felt this real connected relationship with God and, and getting clean from the drugs and alcohol, but the sex thing was still there. And I was looking at porn, right, over and over again, habitually, and I knew it was, you know, against what the Bible says, right? And I, But I kept doing it for years until it got to the point where I picked up a hitchhiker. I thought she was. She was a prostitute, and I... Uh, I sinned against my family that day, to use those that language. I, um, right, and there's a lot of complexity to that. But it, it got really bad. I, I habitually started seeing prostitutes after that, over and over. What is wrong with me? You know, I felt that way. Again, banging my head on the steering wheel. What is, what is wrong with me? Um, getting in touch with the wild side. Now, part of this, some of the stuff I taught in the early shows, um, I'll be honest with you, it was a lot of behavior modification and it does work. Some of the stuff with imagination and realizing what our imaginations are doing, um, what fears get stirred up and where they have our mind start, you know, conjuring up these images and our our imagination just starts to run with it. We just, we believe that that's okay. Uh, why do these things happen? See, I got clean from the pornography. I stopped looking at porn. I stopped masturbating. And the problem with that is I still had this emotional stuff I hadn't been dealing with. And really, I've been dealing with that for the last year, year and a half. And part of this is getting connected with the wild side. And I did some episodes on, uh, like, the movie and the books, you know, where the wild things are, right? So much in Christianity, there seems to be the self-phobia. Like, and, and even in, in, you know, psychology today, people are asking, what is the self, right? We used to think, and I've heard professors say it. I listened to lectures, you know, whole semesters at Yale and Harvard and, and MIT and these intro psych professors saying that, you know, your brain, you're just wires in a box and you're, you are your brain. And, and the scientists are finding now that there's memory in our DNA, that your heart, that, you know, these ancients have been using this metaphor of the heart. It's not just a metaphor. Your heart actually has memory. Your eyeballs, you know, the, this EMF or EMI, uh, one of those is the name of the therapy. The other, uh, I'm pretty sure, is the name of a band, but anyway, I digress. Um, EM, this, it, 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 it's eye movements, right? Like there's memory in, trauma gets, we... A traumatic thing happens, and that fight or flight hits, and those adrenaline, the brain chemicals start to flow, and our eyes rapidly move. And and these 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 therapies for PTSD, training the eyes, right? It's not just in our heads, people. And I wanted to talk about some of that. Uh, it requires another bumper by Iggy Pop, though. And then you'll hear me in the studio and I get out of my hot car.
Yes, I'm a wild one. That's uh, very 80s, that song right there. Very, very 80s. Um, back in front of the mic, and I'm going to unpack. I'm going to tell a story, all right? The reason I tell stories in, in, you know, instead of instruction, right, instead of breaking out a schematic for you, is the mind tends to go with the story emotionally, and I'm not the guy to break out the schematic. Those are two things, all right? Um, one of the things about storytelling is that it gets past, as C.S. Lewis would say, it gets past our watchful dragons. I would like to say that I have a troll, right? There's this bridge from my brain to my heart, and underneath that bridge lives a troll. And that troll is constantly playing some kind of border patrol on what I should and ought to think about stuff, right? Uh, don't, don't go with that. That might be dangerous, you know? So there's that, that little voice, that little, you know, and we all have it. It's not bad necessarily, right? Like we, you should be afraid of certain things. Um, fears kept us alive to a certain degree, hasn't it? So there's certain ideas that can raise alarm bells and there's certain ones that have to be understood on an emotional basis before that we we before we actually get it on a heart level um before we can know it in our knower as my friend Dan would say so here we go here is the last 10 years of what i've learned about sexual integrity in a story. Okay, are you ready? This is actually not a fictional story. It's a true story, um, but it is a story, all right? In the fall of 1902, Teddy Roosevelt, who is our president, decided to take a break, to go out west, right, out to the Wild West. And so he got on a train, and he went to Mississippi, now, trains at this time were starting to be interconnected here in the United States from coast to coast, right? So this was a, a kind of a newer technology, right? Um, using, utilizing this, we didn't have airplanes back then. So Mr. President, Mr. Roosevelt gets on a uh, train and heads out on a hunting expedition. He arrives in Mississippi with uh, a bunch of guys and they... You know, they're like his hunting crew. You know, they go out and they are guides and they are trackers and they go out and they're going to hunt these black bears. So, like, they're out in the forest, they're out in the wilderness, and they're setting up camp. And they ask the president if he'd like to go out hunting with them. And he says, eh, I just kind of want to relax for today. And so the guide says, okay. So he takes his men out and they, they find a bear. All right. They trap this bear, they bring it to camp alive, and they tie it to a tree. And Teddy Roosevelt, uh, he hears them arrive, and the guide, the leader of the, you know, the excursion, he comes up and he tells the president, he hands him a shotgun and says, hey, we caught this bear, and we wanted you to do the honors of uh, putting the bear down, you know, and then we'll, we'll eat the bear. Right. And Teddy Roosevelt comes out. He looks at the bear and it was kind of scrawny. It was a female. Uh, it wasn't the most, you know, 
sporting creature, so to speak. And so he takes the shotgun and he looks at the bear and he hands the shotgun back to the guy, to the leader. And he says, that wouldn't be very sporting. And he says, I'm not going to kill this animal. And he walks away. Now, that story was written about in, I think it was the New York Times, if I remember right. And the uh, it was a cartoon illustrator. And he was making a point, some political point, I think about something else. But I forget what it was. But anyway, he writes this uh, this piece about Teddy Roosevelt being, he makes this cartoon, right? about Teddy Roosevelt being compassionate to the bear, about letting the bear go. And a toy company got a hold of this, and just like the bear in the cartoon, they made a thing called the teddy bear. And the teddy bear became popular, and you know they called it the teddy bear, based on this story. Now, the funny thing about the story, and something they don't usually talk about, when telling the story is that they actually killed the bear. They still <laughs> killed the bear. You know, the guy, the guide goes, all right, well, Mr. President's not going to kill the bear. He actually stabs the bear with a knife, cuts its throat, and they ate the bear that night. They were so hungry that they ate all of the bear. They even ate the bear's paws. The reason I tell you that story is that the last hundred years of Christianity, we've not had a real good bead on the difference between the flesh and the spirit. I'd say the last 500 years, this this understanding of the fact that we're sexual creatures, the fact that we are emotional creatures, the fact that we have appetites and desires, this all fits into the fact that we're loved, created creatures that we are human, and that it's okay to say, I'm human. It doesn't make you a secular humanist, all right? The fact that your body has cravings does not mean that we need to disconnect our spirit from our bodies. Our bodies and our spirit are very connected, are very one um, the Bible doesn't say that, you know, well, you're going to go to heaven and you just leave this earth suit behind. Actually, it says we're going to be in our bodies. That's Christian theology, all right? But the, even, in, even in Christian theology, there's so much disconnect between the head and the heart that we've emotionally removed ourselves from our humanity to a certain degree and try to demonize our desires. I'm not saying that you should just go look at porn or masturbate and cheat on your wife. Of course I'm not saying these things. But you need to be sober about the fact that you are a living, breathing, sexual creature. And purity is not simply behaving yourself. All right? That word, I've always had issues with that word, but that word is so deep, and I think that's why. That saying that you just behave yourself sexually means you're sexually pure is not the case. You can be sexually pure, to put that in quotes, and be an arrogant, egotistical, blind zombie.
okay? And it's just a different way of being adrift. I'm excited about this season, and I have a new survey on the website. Um, There's a survey page on the website, ASI247.org. You click on the survey link, and you'll find um, about five different surveys there. It's a way where you can be asked questions you've maybe never been asked before. It's also a way to be on the podcast. And the new survey I just put up is... It's titled Me Too. It's an echo of secrets and, you know, desires and things that, uh, the things that we don't talk with most people about. It's getting under the floorboards, so to speak. Um, it's talk, and I, I do ask the question, how, what does it mean and how does it feel in your body to say goodbye to pornography forever? If that's the endeavor you want to take, if you want to do this, and, and wanting something's important. So if you really want to say goodbye to pornography forever, there's a process to doing that. There is a, a heart-level connection between your what you think, the thoughts of your mind, and this dizzying, churning um, thing going, anxiety even about how we're supposed to think and who we should think and what we should look at. Um, There's a real connection between saying goodbye to pornography forever and living a spirit-led life. And that's where I'm going to leave the show. Right there. Um, Why did I tell the bear story? In my country, there's a Discovery Channel. They have a thing every year called Shark Week. And on Shark Week, they have all these documentaries about sharks. And sharks, much like bears before the invention of the teddy bear, were considered these predatory monsters, these boogeyman creatures that could kill you, right? That were not at the top of the food chain. I think that's a sobering thing. But... This picture of Teddy Roosevelt giving mercy to this bear, the creation of the teddy bear, right? That people rallied around this grace and mercy. That was a pivotal change in the way that people saw bears at the time. Yes, they were still cautious of the bear. Yes, they were still... um, not out there hugging bears, right? They did have a respect for this wild animal creature, but they no longer demonized it. They no longer looked at it as the bad guy, as something that was going to devour me at, at the first chance it got, right? Um, the, I actually stole that story from a TED talk that a guy was making about conservation and caring about animals and the planet and stuff like that, which I believe is important too. We should be good stewards of the resources we're given, but we also need to be good stewards of the wild side. And the best way to be a good steward of your wild side is to stop pretending it doesn't exist because you are a wild creature. You are a good creation. You have 
in your humanness, you are both animal and spirit combined. And it's beautiful. And it's good. And we should respect it. And thank the creator, if that's what you believe, for the purpose of our bodies. Um, I'm going to leave you right there. I love you guys. I know I say that in every show. I say I love you. I do mean that sincerely. But I really do. And I do believe that you're listening to my voice right now means that we're kindred spirits in a way. Um, Again, my email address, I don't think I mentioned that on this podcast yet, this show, russ at asi247.org, if you'd like to shoot me an email. Uh, There is a Facebook page for this website. It's on asi247.org. The survey page, again, um, I'm going to read some surveys on the next podcast. So if you'd like to fill out a survey at ASI247.org, or if you even Google, Google as I surveys, um, ASI247.org, I don't know. If you Google that, you will come up with a survey page, and you can fill out the surveys there. They're through SurveyMonkey. Um, you'll be anonymous. I simply ask for a nickname or handle and I look forward to hearing from you guys there. Also, if you could leave a review of this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher Radio or TuneIn or however you're listening, man, I'd really appreciate it. It gives the show an extra boost in in ratings and in people finding it. Um, it's a way to give to the show without using money. So if you could leave a review of the podcast, man, that would be great. Uh Again, on iTunes or wherever you podcasts are distributed. So this week, um, have some compassion, some some empathy for the savage beast. All right, not just talking about yourself, but the people that you know. Maybe people in traffic. Right, we do make mistakes. We are human. Um, watch the container. You know watch how you uh, react emotionally not that you should behave yourself I, I just being a an ongoer an onlooker if you were a alien looking in and surveying how humans react you know to the opposite sex or to other things that may annoy us um just be mindful of your body, of your emotions, of the beast that's within you. All right. And we're going to talk about more of that in the future. Thanks again for listening. I do love you guys and mean that sincerely. For reals. Bye.